Hallu, also Hallelu, and welcome to The Gem Girls, your favorite retro cartoon hate watch podcast with a very special focus on the best worst among them all, Gem and the Holograms. But don't take off your coats just yet. No, you charming bunch of chichacos, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> you should be slapping on your buddy boots because we're heading to the land of the midnight sun. Yes, if you haven't guessed already by the weird terminology overused in this intro and, you know, the mild appropriation of Inuit phrases, then you should know this week we're all about the Alpen glow found only in America's northern second cousin of a state, Alaska. I'm one half of your Greenhorn host duo, Hakuna Matitis. And I'm Orifice Jones, and this week... We're revving up our snow machines, because not snowmobiles, that's not how they do in Alaska, <laughs> into the Gem Season 2 episode, all about Alaska, hilariously titled The Middle of Nowhere, because, like Canada, that's what most Americans think of Alaska. Uh, not that we know anything about Alaska, mind you, because we totally <laughs> yeah. just Googled Alaska Zero. sayings, and mm-hmm. what you've been hearing for the last 40 seconds of your life is what we spewed out. Um... <laughs> On that note, though, some other sayings that may or may not be actually said by anyone in or about Alaska are, see our polar bears, they're going fast, which is so dark, I love it. Wait, that's uh, a real saying? Yo, someone on, some <laughs> listicle on the internet said that is a saying from Alaska. <laughs> so, obviously it's true. Yeah, uh, of course. I of take course. all of my, I get all of my knowledge from listicles, like, it's Exa- gotta be real. Exactly, gotta take it as read. Uh, and also Alaska, colon, masturbation capital of the world. hey Heyo. Also, you know how I said, I said colon for a reason. Uh, <laughs> but I personally want to see the receipts on that last one, because I'm pretty sure the fap cap is my bedroom. Oh my god. I can confirm solely by the amount of used tissues and stiff single pairs of socks that litter <laughs> your floor. They're like cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, get your life together. Anyway, to burn that mental image out of our collective mind's eyeball, let's carry on with the Alaska of it all. That is this episode, which first aired on November 5th, 1987, and was written by a newcomer to the Gemisphere, Chris Peltzer. Pelzer. Pelzer? Peltzer? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't matter. No. Peltzer, I hardly even know her. Oh, hey oh. <laughs> I haven't heard that one 80 times on Drag Race. <laughs> I know. Anyway, um, yeah, so Chris Peltz uh, was described by IMDb as a producer and writer known for Gem, Molly's Pilgrim, and Inhumanoids. Don't know what those are, but good for you. You're literally going to tell them in the next sentence. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We don't get unprepared. We stay unprepared. (laughs) I mean, one of us does. Ooh. (laughs) I always read through the entire script before we start. Okay, fine. I don't. I feel like it's more fun that way. Is it, though? (laughs) (laughs) Not more fun for me. Anyway, the former Molly Pil- Molly's Pilgrim involves a young Jewish girl fleeing religious persecution, and the latter in Humanoids is about a team of human subterranean explorers battling evil invading monsters. So, you know, pretty much the same plot twice. Yeah, like, come on, Pelts. 
<laughs> We're also gonna call out I am dumb bitch for saying Peltzer is known for Jem when he only wrote one episode, this one. And what an episode it is. Because uh, honestly, Peltzer probably didn't mean to, but the ep actually touches on some pretty relevant themes connected to indigenous people and economic development. But we really shouldn't get too high-minded over here because really, this episode is all about a harem. <laughs> of seals, obviously. Uh, because a group, oh, I see. a group of seals breeding is called a harem. I Ooh, learned that. I love that. I know, you didn't know that about seals? Uh, no, I didn't. Well, now you do. Unfortunately, though, this episode does not include any kisses from any roses. But <laughs> according to our not tight in the slightest don't know those bitches from next Tuesday over at the Gem Phantom Wiki, this is the one where Gem and the Holograms visit Bonnie's pen pal in Alaska. It's up to them to stop the misfits and Eric Raymond from ruining the trip and destroying a natural seal habitat slash harem. Wow. Uh, The harem part was an addition, an ad-lib, if you will. Yeah, for sure. And uh, with all that hullabaloo and whale blubber out of the way, let's get into what this episode is really about. Uh, And, like, quite honestly, it's really about disappointing your father, your oil tycoon father. (laughs) I loved it. I loved it. So we open to Gabor's skyscraper. And he's like, he's like um, mad. He's making demands everywhere. He's like, get me Hong Kong. Then London on the phone. I want this <laughs> bitch on the line. Uh, yeah, there are a bunch of corporate sycophants, underlings, you know, surrounding him. Yeah, henchmen. And henchmen. And Pizzazz arrives, kind of busts in. Uh, we learn from the secretary that he's too busy to see her and maybe she can pencil him in, pencil her in for the next day if she's lucky. Yeah, I know. What a, I, I, again, <laughs> strong secretarial energy in this show. <laughs> and Pizzazz basically screams, Daddy! To get his attention like a true adult. Of course. Um, also, I mean, as soon as the episode started, like, the animation was pretty busted in this episode. Yo. Okay. Like, on a whole other level, and by level, I mean, like, below previous levels. Real bad. The secretary changed completely. She was an entirely new woman between two <laughs> frames. Like she I didn't from, notice that. She went from, like, looking like the brunette singer from ABBA, like, kind of short, curly hair, kind of like another Peggy Hill type, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah. But, like, thin. I don't know. Peggy Hill's pretty thin, but whatever. She's thin, but she's um, a little thick. Yeah, but she's she's in shape. She is. That's true. That's true. Um, and then she turns into some blonde bitch with a ponytail. Like, she looks nothing <laughs> the same. Like, nothing alike. Uh, I love it. It honestly, the, <laughs> le- the quality of animation reminded me of, like, Johnny Quest cartoons. So, like, 20 years before Gem and the Holograms would have aired, it seemed like it's, like, a cartoon from the 60s or the 70s. Yeah. Um, Pizzazz looked completely different. She looked more gaunt. Yeah, like yeah. angular, maybe? Yeah, I yeah. Don't know. Very true. Yeah, and everyone's motions were a little more stiff. And it, it kind of, <laughs> maybe the best appropriation would be, or comparison would be, like, an old episode of Scooby-Doo, like the original run. Hmm. Um, well, anyway, Pizzazz basically tells her dad that she wants to talk to him about business. And finally, for the first time in her life, Pizzazz's dad is like, I'm proud of you. Yeah, or he's make like, me proud. Make me proud. Right, right. He's enthused. He's not quite proud yet. And he kind of <laughs> like, 
lays on the the uh, the circumstances where she may be able to finally win his approval, which <laughs> is essentially making him money, because uh, she kind of brings in uh, Eric to say like, oh, it's uh, I got a business deal for you, uh, and this is a pretty funny scene. One else before we get into that, I want to point out that Gabor looks more Asian than ever, which is like, I appreciate it. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. He did. I clocked it. Yeah, and, like, it's it's nice to see they're at least assigning it as some sort of ethnic origin to Mr. Gabor, as opposed to him being vaguely anything. <laughs> um, another great thing about the scene is that, like, Eric's just been waiting there in a closet or something. Yeah, <laughs> that, that door, door came out of nowhere. <laughs> He's waiting there in the dark. Yeah, exactly. Um, Um, Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. So Eric comes in from the the closet that he's been trapped in, (laughs) symbolically and also literally for at least the last 15 minutes. Um, And he comes in with what sounds like a record pitch, because he says it's a record pitch, which then quickly turns into him asking Mr. Gabor to open an oil refinery. Uh, I love that because it all comes back down to oil. Uh, and it was also like a little scar facey, like first you get the money, then you get the oil, <laughs> then you get the records, and then you get the money again. Yeah, okay, but like my whole thing is like, wouldn't an oil refinery be profitable in two of its like in and of itself you don't need to like make fucking vinyl records well yeah like that's the ridiculousness of it all like you already have a very profitable business venture just with the oil but they had to like i don't know make it musical for some reason i know when we know that eric has had other side hustles throughout the show True, which we actually get a reference uh, because Eric is pitching this oil refinery slash record deal uh, to Mr. Gabor. And Mr. Gabor is like, yo, remember that fucking movie studio you ruined for me? And I lost millions? <laughs> and then Eric's like, I could make you billions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I always love, there's a certain way Eric says any quantity of money. It's always in such a dastardly way. It's like, yeah, but I can make you billions. Or it has like a like a cadence to it. It's always like a little like dark and edgy. It's like, dude, like this seems like a, a reputable way to make money. I don't have to make it sound so evil. I know, right? He kind of sounds like Mr. Burns, like you know how he says, "Excellent." He's exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Billions. <laughs> um. Yeah. Obviously, Gabor is like super into this. He loves money. Billions. That's more than That's millions. That's more than millions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at us. No, no numbers. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically, Harvey Gabor is, like, to Pizzazz, like, okay, I'm into this, but this time, Pizzazz, or Phyllis, you have to go with him to Alaska to make sure everything goes as planned. And I'm like, do you not know Pizzazz? <laughs> Yeah, 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 that, that's very true. But he does basically say, like, you do this and you'll make me proud. So maybe he's right. like, okay, bitch has been fucking around for the last, I don't know, how old is she, 42? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so if, like, you know, I lay, you know, some fatherly guilt and, you know, put a prize on the line, she may come through for me. Yes. Um, yeah, she might. Uh, she might. She don't. Spoiler but. alert. She doesn't. Yeah. Uh, obviously. So we cut to the Starlight House, and 
Sheena and Bonnie are chilling in the same room together. For whatever uh, reason, they have nothing yeah. in common. Right. And so Sheena's drawing an ugly-ass picture of a dress. Right. And Bonnie comes to show her a picture of her pen pal from Alaska and gives this whole backstory about Utu, who's the young girl. Um, but her full name is Utu Kiniak, something like that? Yeah, the family's name is Kiniak. Oh, okay, because I legit, because she said it real fast, and I was like, okay, her name is Utu Kiniak, and I was like, that's her whole name? I didn't even catch the last name part. Yeah, uh, she said this very quickly, but basically Utu is Inuit, and uh, she is really upset because some businessman wants to buy the island where her family lives and build a factory there, but they're going to kill all the seals who also live there. Um, and Bonnie is really shook by this. Like, this is really devastating to Bonnie. Yeah, Bonnie's, like, super grave about it. She's like, if it happens, everyone will die. And it's like, whoa, Bonnie, like, you don't know that. <laughs> yeah, initially I thought she meant, like, all of the people and all of the seals it would die. It seemed like it. Like, everyone will die. She literally says that. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Jerrica and Rhea come in. Oddly... Kimber is not really a big part of this episode, but the other holograms are. Yeah, well, I mean, Rhea has some speaking lines, which is always a fucking <laughs> wonder. Uh, <laughs> Shayna's up in the biz. Aja, I don't really remember her having a presence. Yeah, I don't remember her at all. Did she even go to Alaska? <laughs> well, I don't fucking know. Apparently everyone to Alaska, because I guess Jim and the Hollows are touring there, which nobody does that. Uh, and they're... <laughs> They're basically like, yo, or Jem is like to Bonnie, we'll bring you along because we're touring, so why not? Yeah, and Bonnie is super jazzed about that because she, like, has never left this orphan lair. Right, right, really. right. Because she's a slave child and she doesn't get out much. <laughs> yeah. So we cut to Eric and Pizzazz on dog sleds in the middle of nowhere. And these dogs Alaska. look fucking rough. Uh, this is maybe, like, the best <laughs> moment showcasing how poor the animation is. Because these dogs, like, I don't know. They look fucked up. I didn't clock that. Um, they looked cute to me. They looked like they were doing their thing. Yeah, I mean, they looked like dogs, ostensibly. But also, <laughs> like, not necessarily dogs in motion. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, while they're on these dog sleds, uh, Pizzazz is complaining about Eric being a cheap bitch. And it's like, why didn't you, like, get a fucking plane? And Eric says, you know, there's no way to get a plane here. And then immediately the holograms fly overhead in a plane. Right. I also want to point out Eric's hat. He's wearing like a fur hat <laughs> thing that I don't know. I don't know. Like the, the fur lining. It's almost like it has a little cross on top of it. It was a, it was a choice. Okay. Um, yeah. Eric hated your hat. They're not good with hats in this show. Yeah, they're really not. They're really not. Once in a I've... while, like Aja will wear an okay hat. Yeah, maybe I've seen Roxy wearing a good hat too. Yeah, but Roxy, that she's, I don't know, her whole other category. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the holograms are in this plane. They're singing a song called In the in the Land of the Midnight Sun. Right. And and like, we actually also, we meet Utu here. Um, and I don't know, like I paused it maybe on like a very specific frame. But Utu was giving some creepy-ass eyes to this pilot. <laughs> it was a whole thing. And also, also Utu's <laughs> physicality more broadly was a little bit, I don't know, maybe it was just a poor animation, but she kind of looked like a cookie-cutter 
uh, Inuit person. You know what I mean? Like in in a, in a I don't want to say problematic way, but in a way that's like they didn't really try to define her in any physical sense. I mean, she was wearing a big winter coat. No, but I mean, like, in terms of facial features <laughs> and her expressions and haircut. Uh, mm. Like, even George looked more, and we'll meet George, her brother, looked more individualistic than Utu did. Utu looked like, I don't know, they put her up off of a figurine aisle. You know the figurine aisle where you pick up the <laughs> I'm going to go into a store, just any <laughs> store, and be like, where's your figurine aisle? Yeah, point me towards the figurine aisle. I need several figurines. <laughs> Urgently. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Utu's here. Um, they're singing this song that I don't give a shit about. Yeah, in the lane of the Midnight video. Sun. Dude, this fucking music video. Side of the ends of the earth beyond the frozen sea And set your spirits Basically all the garbage you'd expect. Garbage. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a fair assessment. Uh, at least in relation <laughs> to this fucking music video. All the garbage you'd expect to see when flying into or out of Alaska. Yeah, like, okay, relax. No one cares. Alaska, um, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, they land and we meet Utu's family. The dad seems fine, whatever. George, the brother, is a fucking sellout. Dude, he is, but also, like, I'm here for George. Why? Because, look, so, one, George's voice <laughs> makes him out to sound so evil. So I loved that. Uh, and don't get me wrong, George, as we'll get into later, has some prickish moments. But he is all about selling this island, probably one of the few economic assets his family really has, to yeah. basically improve their overall economic situation, uh, yeah. which is like a very real thing that you see nowadays when it comes to certain indigenous communities. That's why there's a lot of indigenous um, communities, First Nations, that are kind of pro-pipeline because these pipelines will go through what is their ancestral land, which is it's definitely their say to say to approve or deny those um, projects. But many of them are like, okay, these organizations, these companies will give us a stake in the profits. Yes, we're sacrificing, you know, uh, like the land element, but it's going to improve our quality of life drastically. Uh, and that's what we saw what happened. Uh, if you remember the Wet'suwet'en, um, like, protests against the BC pipeline that happened about a year, yeah. year and a half ago. Uh, and that, like... I mean, that was a very, very complicated story, and there's a lot of intricacies to it. But one thing that wasn't necessarily highlighted in more liberal, woke media, because a lot of climate activists kind of joined on the bandwagon, and there was, like, you know, the, the environmental angle. But a very large, per, like, percentage of that indigenous community was for that pipeline. And it was, some would argue, it was more of a vocal minority that opposed it that led to the kind of broader protests 
uh, and a lot of the individuals who were going to be impacted by it were kind of silenced by the protests and then the environmentalists that kind of like tacked onto it. Uh. Uh, and like that is a very, very basic distillation of a very, very complicated, nuanced discussion. And it's not to say that the vocal minority didn't have a right to oppose a pipeline going through what is their, their land. That being said, though, indigenous communities having to struggle with this idea of, okay, do we kind of forfeit the environment to a degree for our economic well-being and future prosperity is a very real thing. Yeah, and what I kind of liked about this episode was that, like, while, yes, George is presented as a misguided, lost, sort of sellout-type person, I do think it's valid or it's important to show that, you know, Indigenous people aren't a monolith. Like, some people have certain beliefs and other people disagree and who's to say like Jem and the holograms they come in have nothing to do with this land and they like kind of shame him oh they definitely uh, do into, they, they're very high and mighty about it and unjustifiably so yeah into relinquishing uh you know they're yeah they're very judgmental about him wanting to sell the land and like that wasn't really their place to do it and like his perspective is valid as well yeah and even later he says like yo i'm doing this for my little sister i'm doing it so she can go to college and like we can pay for it kind of thing like, even though they again they frame him as like a freeloader and an opportunist a lot of his motivations are you know justifiable and i can, i could see why he would want to do this yeah for sure um so eric arrives pretty much at the same time that gem and the holograms land and he immediately starts talking about, you know, selling the land. Uh, he really wants that money. He wants that signature on that contract. Yeah. He only needs that one signature. Right. And he's a little despy about it, TBH. Yeah. Soup's thirst. Yeah. 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 Um, and I forget how the scene kind of ends, but it's, it's basically one of those like, all right, like, let us think about it more. Some sort of time frame is established. Um, yeah. And then we go back to uh, Utu's house where the orphans are at work. And by orphans, I mean Utu and Bonnie are all doing dishes while the fucking holograms sit around and shit. Uh, <laughs> that being said, though, the holograms decide, like, oh, okay, hey, Utu and Bonnie, you're doing all the work. Let us do some work so you guys can go, like, hang out and have some fun, which is wow. considerate. To a degree, the fact that the default was these two little girls were going to do all the work <laughs> is pretty fucked up. Uh, I also enjoy how one of them says, how much work can a little girl's work be or whatever. Right. And, like, do you not remember all the little girls who are enslaved by you? <laughs> yeah, exactly, because it turns out this little girl does a fuck ton of work. Same with those, <laughs> that horde of orphans they got at home. Right. I the think it's beautiful. <laughs> this uh, universe is pro-child labor. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it. How else can someone as, you know, morally uh, devout as Jem get away with all the free child labor? Yeah, it's, it's, it's whack. Uh, uh, that being said, so with Jem, she is the one person out of the hologram team who does not have to do any labor uh, or chores. <laughs> classic. Fucking classic. Uh, because... <laughs> The other girls tell her, like, oh, you go off with Utu and Bonnie and go watch some seals fucking. 
Yeah, that's what she says. <laughs> I mean, she, it's not. It's what I heard, though. Uh, yeah, that's what matters. It doesn't matter what the truth is. It's what my truth is. Exactly. Said it once before, you know, say it again. I'm living my truth. Reclaiming my time and living my truth. <laughs> I love reclaiming I my time. I love reclaiming my time, dude. I, I think I saw it somewhere recently. Where I was like, yo, I need to say that more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure. Um... Anyway, so they are taking kayaks out, and Utu's kind of explaining the lay of the land. Basically, there's a strait with a strong current. Oh, and yeah. Go Utu's, the wrong way. Utu's saying some shit where it's like, yo, bitch, you're saying a lot of nonsense. I'm sure it's going to be really relevant later. Uh, <laughs> she's basically just popping off about, like, hey, you'll die if you go into the tide or something, so watch out. Yeah, um, so Bonnie... Um, who up until now hasn't been the worst. In fact, she's demonstrated some maturity and growth. Um, but my opinion of her kind of goes back to normal, meaning like down on the floor. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dig a <laughs> hole and then hit rock bottom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, Bonnie's whining about wanting to go in the kayak alone. Jem said, "No way in hell are you doing that." Like, bitch, you got You've no never- eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, you can't see. How many times do we need to <laughs> tell you? And basically, she ends up riding with Jem in a in a double kayak while Utu is like doing her thing. Right. Um, we cut to the hol th- not the holograms. We cut to the misfits um, at some cabin. Um, Pizzazz is bitching at Raymond, Eric Raymond, about not getting the signature. And then we get a radio call from. Harvey Gabor. Which I appreciated. I was like, that is a little bit of effort on Father Gabor's part of like, yo, he's calling his girl on like a ham radio. It's kind of cute. Well, I don't think he did it to be nice. I think he did it because he wanted to know if he needed to waste time with landing in Alaska. Yeah, I mean, Mm. for sure that is what happened, but I still like the idea of like a father calling his daughter on a archaic piece of communication. <laughs> yeah, I want my dad to send me a telegram. Uh, yeah, same. Or some sort of like I don't know, like a message, a rolled up scroll in a bottle. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to uncover in my father's crypt a series <laughs> of parchments that are somehow <laughs> thousands of years old, uh, which also read you know pleasant <clears throat> messages directed to me. Ah. Yeah, I wish that for you, too. Yeah, it's, like, also, like, bad parenting otherwise. (laughs) So, Harvey Gabor chides his daughter for not handling it properly. And she's basically like, listen, look, they're going to sign it tomorrow. Like, calm your titties. And (laughs) he says, Phyllis, don't disappoint me again. Gabor, out. Yeah, Gabor, (laughs) out. I love it. Ah. He's also going what to, like, the Yukon tomorrow. Mm. It's like, what is Gabor doing in the Yukon? Gold. Oh, true, 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 true. Yeah, maybe millions or yeah, maybe yeah. billions. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, he's just doing his thing. Yeah, he's doing his thing. He's making that Skrilla. Uh, yeah, seriously, stacking that paper, stacking that cheese. So we cut to the holograms who are hard at work, um, chopping wood, like, 
toiling the land. I think they're. All, all, I think the only thing we see them do is chopping wood. Actually. Okay. Well, I'm trying to make it more hyperbolic. Okay? Right. Of course. We were. Yeah. We're speaking to the quality of animation we'd like to see, not what we actually saw. Sweeping chimney. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, you know. Gutting fish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're doing all of this stuff, or maybe they're not. Some um, of those while things. George is just chilling there. Yeah, George uh, is just chilling. Kind of mocking them. Oh, he 100% is. And he also basically says, like, you know, Utu does this all the time. Like, why don't you girls have it together? And I was like, <laughs> how much work does this little girl do? <laughs> That this, like, a group of adult women ha- are, you know, finding it, like, hard to do. Right? And, I don't know. I mean, it seems like Utu was kind of thrown to the wind when she was born. Because she's very self-sufficient. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Bitch, also, like, her seal is a, like, a seal is her best friend. So she is craving companionship. Right. Yeah, she lonely. Yeah, girl, uh, girl, mad lonely. She's friends with Bonnie. <laughs> she's so lonely. She's pen right? pals with a girl who is blind and probably evil. <laughs> yeah, she needs help. Yeah. Maybe she should leave this island. Yeah, exactly. Utu gotta get out of there. Uh, <laughs> anyways, George, while he's kind of like lazily sitting back, which potentially, you know. Uh, damaging stereotype of the lazy indigenous person. But uh, he's basically kind of popping off about how selling the island and getting rich is all that really matters, and I don't care about the seals in the slightest. And I, again, we'll say he gets justifiably miffed at everyone, you know, chiding him, because, you know, as he says, he wants his sister to go to college, and we really need, uh, you know, the money to have that. And the holograms are being hella Judge Judy about the whole thing. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm this in this scene. I was actually Team George. Me too. Like, what did these bitches from like the big city, like these city slickers, what do they know about anything to do with his life? Yeah, like, e- even removing the their differences or so, socioeconomic differences or ethnic differences, whatever. Like, this is a man who you do not know. Like, shut the fuck up and mind your business. Yeah, like, girl, I don't know you. <laughs> Anyways, um, so that happens. Then we cut to uh, that blind bitch, Bonnie, who, despite, you know, everyone's better judgment, decides to go riding solo on a kayak, uh, but she forgot to listen to Utu's spiel about that wicked tide, and she gets pulled in to a Charybdis, or maybe it's Skilla, I always forget the two, whirlpool action thing. That's going to fucking suck that orphan up. Yeah. And, like, honestly, Bonnie is kind of the worst. You know, why did you jump into this kayak when you know that you can't do it? Yeah, like, like to prove a point that you can't do it because you can't, and that's what's happening. Yeah. Uh, um, fortunately, though, you got Utu, who's apparently deezed as fuck, because that girl kayaks with another person in the kayak into the whirlpool and then clears that whirlpool solo. <laughs> so, I don't know, Utu, you know, mad guns. Wait, is this before or after, like, Jem, like, tries to pull Bonnie and then, like, somehow falls and knocks herself out for, like, 12 hours? This is, yeah, it's directly after. So, yeah, Jem is so useless that she knocks herself out 
while Utu continues to rescue everyone. Uh, and then Utu uses her heart powers to summon a bunch of seals to also save them. Uh, which is a little bit yeah, of a planet. It's a pla- Captain Planet reference. And I'm not equating uh, whoever the heart person. Ma- I'm not equating Mati with Utu. I'm not saying all indigenous people are the same. I'm just saying there's a common thread here with indigenous characters having a special relationship with animals, which is also a problematic trope in broader medium in broader media, where oftentimes indigenous characters will have some sort of special affiliation or kinship with wild creatures. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Jeb is like passed out as fuck, leaving these two young girls to, you know, kind of take care of themselves and survive and drag, <laughs> and drag Jeb's, you know, lifeless like, corpse. Lifeless yeah, corpse. To the shore. <laughs> to the shore. Uh, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but the seals help. The seals yeah, help. The it seal- wasn't just the two little girls. Yeah, there are a few loose seals to, like, help them out. Uh, I love loose seals. Exactly. I love loose seals. And um, as, well, not quite as this is happening, but we cut to the misfits briefly, and they're spending Eric's money basically being like, yo, if we got to stay here, we better might as well have a good time. And we get another song that we've heard a bunch of times in the misfits' repertoire, Making Mischief. nothing to it yeah. in terms of his entertainment quality. I did not care for it. Exactly. It was making mischief set in Alaska, which I think sets it, says it all. You yeah, I mean? they're like, they're still being obnoxious. Like, they're, you know, kicking mud onto people from their snowmobiles and knocking down clotheslines. But honestly, like, whatever. We've seen it a billion times. Yeah, there's nothing really more to say about it. Um, and so then we, yeah, Jem is dying, and that's still <laughs> happening. And after the song, Pizzazz sees, like, the whole thing go down. Uh, Stormer obviously wants to call for, for help. Yeah. While Pizzazz, you know, schemey Pizzazz is like, no, 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 no. We'll rescue them. And then they'll be forced to sell the island out of guilt. Uh, <laughs> which is, like, I mean, not the worst plan, but I love Roxy's, like, line where she literally says, Are you cracked? Which is such a good line. I want to say that to people who have, like, shocked me. Like, are you cracked, bitch? Yeah. Um, I mean, but they go for it. I think it's Pizzazz and Jetta who rowboat over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do some shit. Uh... We also get a brief scene uh, back with George where he apologizes for something. I don't remember what, but I just have it in my notes that it makes him seem like even more reasonable. Yeah, I think maybe for getting heated and emotional and defensive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which also made me more Team George, like TG. Uh, yeah. And then we, um, we cut back to the two orphans and the passed out adult woman who are, you know, going to die at any moment. Uh, and this is where we learn where Utu is basically like Alaskan Batman. Because bitch pulls out matches dipped in wax to make them waterproof so she can make a fire and shit. Um, meanwhile, Bonnie is like having a fucking lame-ass pity party and 
Jem is passed out as fuck. Uh, and yeah, Utu continues to save the day. Um, yeah, Utu is really holding this whole thing down. Um, so we cut back to the dad who is worrying about them. And we get this line, I don't know from who. I don't know in what context, but someone says, mind your manners, colonists. Right. No, 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 no. So that is... That a, was Jetta? Yeah, it was a brief scene between <laughs> Jetta and Roxy. Because uh, I think they try to go save them or something. And Roxy's a little bit like, oh, I don't know about getting into like the jet ski or whatever the fuck they're using. And Roxy <laughs> says, what? English royalty is allergic to water? And Jetta says, mind your manners, colonists. And there were just some good, good digs all around. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I was shook. That was actually, like, pretty fucking good. Oh, it was. For it Jetta, was, yeah. who's, like, otherwise useless. Exactly. It was a great line. It's, a, it's super quotable. <laughs> we'll be saying it from here on out. <laughs> we could all uh, say it to each other, you know? Meanwhile. In Canada. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh... Meanwhile, as you said, like everyone's getting worried about the girls who are missing. Some evil fog is going to kill them soon. I don't know. The dad mentions fog, which I was like, oh, okay. I guess that's a threat. Um, yeah. And everything's getting cold. Bonnie continues to be bitching. And mm. clearly, yeah, obviously. And um, this is as like the misfits try to go rescue them. They also get ripped into that Hello Wicked Tide we heard Utu going on and on about earlier. Really wish someone listened to her. Uh, um, I mean, I don't think they heard her talk about that, but, like, I don't know. Yeah, a lot is happening here. Like, there's a whirlpool, and there's there are two icebergs that are closing in on yeah, them. Yeah, dude, these are, like, them. these are fucking shark attack icebergs. Because <laughs> these icebergs, like, find you and murder your family. Uh, <laughs> and everyone connected to your lineage. Because these icebergs, as we'll see later, are on the move. Yes, they're, like, on a rampage. Um, <laughs> and after, you know... 36 hours, Jem finally wakes wakes up. It's more like eight hours. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Um, and tells the girls not to panic. Yeah. And congratulates Hutu on doing a great job. The thing um, is, like, yeah, Jem wakes up so entitled she wakes up. Like, don't panic. Like, girl, you've been passed out for 18 hours. <laughs> I don't think they've been panicking the entire time. It seems like you're alive, all right? Um... Yeah, and also, how are these kids not freezing to death? They were in the water. That is true, that Uh, is true, that is true. They have a fire, at least, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, So, these people, half of the rescue team is in a plane, and they see uh, Jetta and Pizzazz in the boat. Um, They were hoping that it was them, and then it was like... There's this line with the dad saying, I do hope it's slab. And then we cut to, like, the two annoying bitches. From the yeah. Bitches. And it's like, ah, sorry, dude. <laughs> um, they grab Jetta and Pizzazz. Um, and and, and the save p- them from these sentient icebergs that are literally on a <laughs> killing machine, a killing spree. Or at least mission to but, kill. But also, the guy takes off with the plane while they're still on the, the wing. Oh, dude, yeah, this fucking pilot, like, he's action movie everything. Like, even in the background, they have these, like, sick guitar solo licks. And it's like, whoa, okay, pilot, like, you're not fucking around. 
Yeah, no, he's, like, piloting hardcore. Um, yeah, so they save Je Jenna and Pizzazz. Um, and we cut to George, who feels bad about being an asshole to Utu, although he wasn't really being an asshole. He was just, you know, being reasonable. He was, yeah, he was maybe being yeah. overly practical. He was maybe being insensitive. Yes. Um, and basically they catch, they, they see the seals, they see Naku, and they decide to follow him. And Naku leads them to the ice cap where Utu, Bonnie, and Jem are. Um, and the dad kind of, like, rubs it in with George that uh, the seal was the one who saved him. Right, and so I, I just want to say, like, as, like, as, like, right before they're getting rescued, Bonnie is, like, waking up. Um, and I just love that because, oh, Bonnie's chilling. She's good. Like, bitch fell asleep. She has no worries <laughs> in the world. And I'm pretty sure it's because, like, oh, yeah, she planned this just to try and kill Jim. Like, everything was going according <laughs> to plan. I mean, it would check out. Why else would she just, like, hop in a kayak and, like, head straight for a whirlpool exactly exactly and it just like it worked out in her favor Jem is inept as fuck and knocked herself out i don't think she's she herself is sentient enough to have a scheme like that i think something possessed her probably a rival probably rivals yeah yeah <laughs> lord of eyeballs like you know the wheel behind her eyeballs clicked turned and clicked and she became i don't know I don't know, the evil henchman of somebody's plan. I yeah, know. no, 100%. Also, I was thinking about, you know, as one does, the cosmology and metaphysics of the Lord of Eyeballs. <laughs> and I was like, yo, is the Lord of Eye, like, you know, is like, where you find him the eye of the storm? <laughs> of course. Okay, just But any, any eye-like thing. Like the Illuminati eye on the American $1 bill. He's sure. there. No, of course. I mean, okay, look. The eye, Lord of Eyeballs is everywhere. <laughs> Duh. But I mean, <laughs> like, if you really want to, like, get closest to him, I feel like the maelstrom of chaos and energy that is a storm, it would be in the eye of the storm. Yeah, no, you're right. It's the most um, potent of all eyes. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we need to do some research on that, but it's a working hypothesis. Exactly. I'm not saying it's truth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, we're working it out. I'm, I'm workshopping it. Uh, I'll dive into some storm eyes uh, and see what happens. <laughs> anyway, um, basically to, like, I don't know if anything really memorable happens here. Everyone gets, uh, everyone gets saved and George decides not to sell the land anymore. Yeah, and basically Pizzazz disappoints Harvey Gabor, who was like, I thought you were finally going to make me proud of you. Yeah, and, and he, he literally says, like, <laughs> I have no reason to land my plane now. And as Pizzazz is screeching, Daddy, don't leave me, he busts in with another Gabor out. Yeah, oof. Loved it, loved it. Okay, but also, did he not real like... Did he not learn anything from the Father's Day banquet? <laughs> well, what he he learned that he has like a weird flirtatious relationship with Kimber. 
Because <laughs> in that episode, he seemed so reasonable. That is true. That is true. Uh, Unless the show is trying to say that pizzazz is so undeserving of love. They um, often do that, which is pretty <laughs> fucked up. Like, it's Pizzazz's fault her dad doesn't love her. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know, dude. I don't know, dude. Yeah, th- th- this show's treatment of Pizzazz in general, like, I get she's, like, kind of the primary antagonist, but it's never sympathetic. No. So, yeah. The family lets down Harvey Gabor, Pizzazz, and Eric Raymond, um, and the dad asks for Gem and the Holograms to perform a song before they go. Uh, and we get the song Safe and Sound, which is also awful. Also awful. Then Rio shows up, like, just before for some reason. I was like, what would Rio have to be here for? <laughs> just to turn around and leave. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, whatever. We get Safe and Sound, which is just more Alaska stuff. And, like, hugging. We got their heads floating in bubbles. That's yeah. the closest thing to art we got. I know, I know. But, like, it wasn't <laughs> enough. Like, I, there wasn't a single rainbow in space, okay? Yeah, no. There were doves. Uh, okay. But I, I don't give a shit about doves. Yeah, I don't give a shit about doves unless we're zeroing in <laughs> on its eye and we zoom out in somebody else's eye, all right? <laughs> That's so true. Um, I agree. <laughs> Uh, and Jem, at the end of this song, uh, decides to leave Bonnie in Alaska for a week, uh, which I thought was odd. Yeah, but I was like, yo, like, don't leave this, like, family with this murderous child for a week. You're never going to see the Kinniak ever again. <laughs> I know, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, like, the thing it's is... kind like, of a burden Exactly, exactly. You got this, like, <laughs> blind bitch, homicidal fucking orphan... Uh, three days later, it turns out the whole place got sold and they gave the land rights to Bonnie. Right. Uh, she's evil like that. Exactly. Um, and Pizzazz catches a ride out, but, like, leaves Eric in the Arctic tundra, which was, and he's, like, chasing after the snowmobile or whatever. It was kind of sad. It was kind of sad. Yeah, poor guy. No, no dignity. Um, no dignity, no doubt. Uh, no digs, um, no deeds. No digs, no doubts. <laughs> um, so who do we think is the baddest bitch? Oh, I mean, obvious our girl Utu. Yeah, come on now. What is with the show and having them going to foreign locales and a little girl is the one to save the day? While Jem is being very incompetent. Uh, well, I mean, a part of that is probably like, you know, placing the viewership in the storyline, they can really imagine themselves as Utu or that little girl from China who, you know, saved an earring or some bullshit. Uh, <laughs> the one who got gifted her earring and then Jem took it back. Right, right. What a, exactly. One of my favorites because, like, who? Some good stuff. Uh, <laughs> regardless, Utu, bad bitch from start to finish. Really don't have anything negative to say about her. Yeah, honorable mention to Harvey Gabor and the hot bitch secretary. Of course, of course, of course. Those are my runner-ups. Yeah, yeah. Even throw in a seal, a loose seal. Yeah. Um, now, who do we think is the weakest bitch? 
body. Uh, I like, yeah. Gem. Gem. No, I'm going to say gem because I love, <laughs> I like our shadow narrative of Bonnie being a homicidal maniac, which <laughs> if she orchestrated all that, that's pretty strong bitch energy. Uh, yeah, if she did. If yeah, she did. Sure. Uh, or some other higher ocular related force. Um, <laughs> gem passed out for most of the episode. Really didn't do anything. Did some shitty songs too. Yeah, those songs were awful. Um, so yeah, looks like we wrapped up this episode pretty quickly. This yeah, week. well, quickly under, for us. Quickly yeah, quickly for us. <laughs> under an hour, still double the time it'll take you to watch the episode. <laughs> but come on, we had some stuff to say. Yeah, we had come some on, stuff come on, say. exactly. Come on. Um, and if you want to hear more from us. Check out our social media accounts at Twitter and on Instagram at Gem Girls Podcast. And you can read our blog, gemgirls.com. Uh, and of course, to help spread the good world of Gem and the Lord of Eyeballs, ultimately that's what it all boils down to, uh, you can rate yeah. us and review us wherever you find podcasts. And as we always say, by rate us and review us, what we really mean is five stars and a five positive stars. review. Uh, we're a five-star podcast. We don't take any other bullshit. Uh, don't waste our time. Don't waste your time. Just do it. <laughs> Louder for the people in the back. There's a, no back. It's only There's no back, exactly. Just our boy, Jim Boy. Uh, and if you want to go the extra mile and give us positive words of encouragement directly into our inbox, you can say, hey, girl, hey, at... Hey girl, hey at gemgirls.com. <laughs> and that is a real email account that exists because we're totes profesh like that. Totes profesh. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. I know you relish in our insights and, you know, wisdom. Yo, they relish mustard and ketchup into it, all right? <laughs> I love it. Maybe get some, like, pickled hot peppers as well. Some, like, banana peppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, rule three, baby. I only got room for three. <laughs> the holy trinity. Exactly. Um, and, yeah, with all that said and done, until next time, stay, stay outrageous. outrageous.